Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. Yeah, thank you, Father God, for your presence here this morning, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you are the one that's going to minister this morning, Father. Thank you, Lord, that I can yeah, really just, just give everything I have to you, Lord, and surrender this time to you, Father. Thank you for who you are, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so before... Before I start, I have just one request. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you about Lazarus. So we all know the story more or less about Lazarus, but I want to ask you guys, put your prophetic gifts aside for today, okay? We all know what happens at the end, but I'm not going to get there, so just be with me in the moment. Is that okay? All right, so I'm going to start with John 11, verse 1 to 16, and it says, now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with, anointment, with ointment and wiped his feet of her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, him whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard, but Jesus heard it said, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that, the God so, that, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he, whoa, sorry. So Jesus said, then after he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were now just seeking to stone you, and you are going there again? And Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told him plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there, so that you may, be, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, so Thomas called the twin, said to the fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Okay, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of in, in the scripture that, at the beginning when I was reading, I was like, yes, Lord, what's happening here? Like, why? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? But I, I just want to quickly, before I just get into the text, really, I want to give you guys a, a picture here of the love that Jesus had for Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Because we, we have to see the relationship before we can understand. So the first three verses is just, now a certain man was ill, and Lazarus of Bethany the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with, uh, with ointment and wiped his feet of her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. Now, just that. John put that in verse in, in chapter 11, but it only happened in chapter 12. So if you go check chapter 12, verse 3, only then did Mary go and anoint Jesus' feet. So why did he put that in there? To show relationship. He wanted to show the love Mary had for Jesus, but also what Jesus meant to the family and the relationship between them. Why, why did the sisters immediately call for Jesus? Why didn't they try 
other things or call the Pharisees or anyone like that because they knew who Jesus was. They had a relationship with him. And that is just, and that is just, a, just, to, just to set this whole, this whole passage up because we see so many times just in the first five verses that Jesus loved Lazarus. He loved Mary. He loved Martha. Now, I don't know about you, but when Jesus says he loves someone, it isn't, I love you um, because you gave me that, and then I love you again because you did that, that for me. No, it's love unconditionally. It's a love that we cannot explain to people in the world because our minds is like, if I love someone and they disappoint me, I don't love them that much anymore. I love them just a little bit. But now they have to win my love back again so that I can grow in love again for them. But Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus said, I love them. For unconditional love. I love them to the point of, I'll, I'll give my life for them. Does it make sense? Okay. So if we just look at that. Now, if that was a relationship between Jesus and, and Lazarus, and now Jesus is saying, but I know he's ill, but I'm going to stay two more days in my house. And then maybe, maybe when I have in like two or three days, maybe then I'll go and see what's happening. So if we look at that, what would Mary and Martha's response be? Because according to me, they've got two responses. They're either heavily offended with Jesus, like what on earth? My mother is dying of cancer or my brother is dying of cancer and you are just like, I'll take my time, don't worry. I'll get in my jet later and then fly to you guys. It's all right. You can either be heavily offended or you can be, Father, I trust you. Jesus, I know that you are doing something here. I just don't know what it is. So here we are sitting and it happens so many times in our lives that stuff happens and this goes wrong and my dog just died and my car just broke down in the middle of the road and this just happened and you're like, Lord, is this love? Really? Sure. I didn't know it's a, I thought it looked like this. Yeah? Like squishy and like nice and cuddly, nice and furry. I can hug it. And now you're giving me love, this old iron thing that's nice and cold. Is this love? I mean, if I can just give you a testimony out of my own life. Just in the past, I think, two weeks, my, my car broke down. Just still picking up students on my way to Bible school to set up. Car just broke down. And I was like, Lord, I don't really have money or time to repair this now. How is this, how, how is this working? And then... I repaired it, and 2,000 rand later, and I'm like, yes, Lord, oh, now this month is tight. Now we're going to the credit cards. I don't know what's happening here, but it's fine. And then two days later, I'm still driving, and all of a sudden, my car just, just like goes to the road, and I'm like, what now? And then I see I have a puncher, and I'm like, Lord, I just repaired it. Why do I have a puncher now? How is this love, Father? How are you, what are you trying to show me? Now, in that situation, I could be like, Lord, I'm going to praise you. Or, Father, yes, I'm offended with you. I'm, I'm just not going to do quiet time for the next two months. You'll see me, 
You'll see me when I'm ready to talk to you again. I'll give you the silent treatment. I'm happy with this. My quiet time is now dead. I'll, I'll go to church, but I'll stand outside when they worship. Okay? We can do that. Or we can be like, Lord, I don't know what's happening, but I'm following you. Does that make sense? Okay? So... Yo, I just, I, when, I, when I was doing quiet time this morning, I just felt that this is really a, a good point for us to just quickly just check our hearts. So I just want to, just, let's just close our eyes just for two minutes. And I, I want you guys to search your hearts. If there's anything that's happened in the past two months or in the past ten years that you are still holding against God, I want you to bring that before Him quickly. I'm just going to give you two minutes. Yo, Father God, I really, I really just feel that this morning, Lord, you're here to come restore, Father. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that anything, Father God, that, that's not exposed into the light, Lord, that it's stuff that just, that we've suppressed so deeply, Father God, that we haven't brought to you, Lord. I pray that you would come expose it right now, Father, so that we can deal, Father God, with our hearts today, Father God. And I'm trusting through your Holy Spirit that you would come and minister to us, Father. That you would come and minister to our hearts, Lord, in a special way, Father God. And Lord, that we can say with confidence, you are a good, good Father. Yeah, oh Lord, I just want to worship you for that, Father God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Alright. So, now the question, the question that we all have is, if the Lord... Has, if Jesus knew Lazarus was ill, why did, why, did, why did he delay? Why did he step, step away and be like, I'm just going gonna, gonna to take two days more, and then I'm going to walk another day to Lazarus, and maybe let's see what happens when I get there. I mean, that's not the love we're expecting, is it? We're expecting, if we ask Jesus, Lord, my wife is sick, or Lord, my child is sick, I want healing now, Lord, not, not in five minutes, now. Right? Partially because that's the generation we're growing up with. If we want something, we can get it now. If I'm hungry, I, I drive to KFC, two minutes later, I've got my streetwise one, and I'm happy again. It's instant gratification. If I'm bored, open Instagram, scroll, instant gratification. You can have it right now. But is that how Jesus works? No, not always. I mean, there is, there is instances where I've seen where God has arrived immediately and healed the person completely. I've seen it. But there's instances like, Father, why isn't this happening? Now, I've got three, three main points that I want to discuss with you. And the first one is, it is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. It's not for us. I mean, when bad things happen, immediately we're like, what did I do wrong? Uh, let me go repent about this, let me go repent about that. Lord, I've sinned in this way, so let me just put that back in order. But that's not always 
Like if you look at what Jesus said to the blind man, it's not because you or your parents sinned. It's for the glory of God may be revealed. But we are, we are a generation that's so <laughs> impatient in a sense. Lord, I want to see the full picture now. I don't want to wait for the pictures to be revealed through six other people in the church. I don't want to wait for you to come and tell me in quiet time, but read this scripture over that person. I don't want to bless that person. I want to be blessed first. Isn't that how it works in our lives? But never do we actually see the small things that are glorifying God. Yes, my car broke, but now I've got an opportunity to pray for the mechanic because he's going through this situation. Yes, I've got a flat tire, but now I can go minister to the people that the, that the garage that's fixing my tire for me quickly. But in that moment, we're like, Father God, I don't understand. Why must I pay another 60 rand? Why must I pay another 2,500 rand for this that's breaking? Or, Lord, why is this happening? I want us, I want us to today really just see the bigger picture in this. How is God being glorified through our situation? I mean, we're going through a lot of things. Every day is a struggle, every day is a battle. In the past week, in the past week, I, I, I'm praying that God would sort this out. But there's a lot of people in my life that are now just fighting and against each other. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know what's happening here. Because they usually got along so well, and now there's just division. But in that, I'm also asking, but Lord, how are you going to minister? How are you fixing this? And should I now step in, or should I first pray this through before I can step in and then God is like just relax fight this battle where it starts and then you go to the physical makes sense okay the second the second reason and this blew my mind in, in so many ways and it says Lazarus has died, and for your sake, I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe. Now, if you go read the Greek, the same word that's being used there means overjoyed. So Jesus is like, I'm overjoyed that Lazarus has died. I'm overjoyed that Lazarus is dead, so that you may believe. How would you, how would you feel that? And I want you guys to see this. This is not a virtual death. You don't respawn at the last position you were at, like in some kind of video game. This is not, oh, I dropped my phone in the toilet, now all my contacts are gone, and my WhatsApps and that important email I had last week, something died inside of me when that happened. It's not that. He died. Like no more breathing, there's no more doof-doof. He's dead. Okay? Now, if I was in that situation, if you look at Martha and Mary, they're like, Lord, we don't understand what's happening. And Jesus is like, I'm overjoyed that I was not here so that you may believe. So what I see through that is, is if, if I read that, it says Jesus wants to grow our faith. And sometimes he uses very hard methods to do that. 
uses very hard methods to do that. I mean, sometimes we have idols in our lives, and we don't even realize it's an idol, and then it just disappears out of our lives, and it's like, Lord, but I actually liked doing this. Or, Lord, the TV just broke. I can't watch my sport in me. What am I now supposed to do? And the Lord is actually saying, but that was an idol in your life. And I want to extract it so that your faith grow. So instead of watching your six or seven hours of TV a day, you can actually now come to me and read Bible for six or seven hours and think of what that's going to do to your relationship. And it's, it, it hit me so hard. Like, I'm almost seeing Jesus with a smile on his face. He's like, ha ha, these people don't know what's going to happen. He's dead. Ha, I'm on my way. Don't worry. Right? But in that moment, we don't feel like that. In that moment, we're like, Lord, what on earth? Why did my best friend have to abandon me and just, just lead me and block me and do everything? What's happening? And the Lord is just like, but that person was bad for you, and I had to take him out so that your faith in me can grow. Because we don't always see the full picture. We don't see it. And then we're like, in the moment, we once again have that choice. We say, Lord, I'm so offended. Oh, Lord, I'm going to praise you in the midst of all this. Because it's the, the thing of the scripture that I couldn't understand from the beginning is why Jesus answers the disciples like, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in a day, he does not stumble, but because he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. I didn't understand that until I actually went to just check the Greek word, and the same Greek word for stumble is the same word for offense. Now all that tells me is if we don't have Jesus inside of us in that situation, we're going to crumble and fall and it's going to be a mess. Jesus is inside of us. If Jesus is inside our hearts and we understand that this is actually for the best of us, even though we don't understand, even though it doesn't look like all of this can be to the glory of God, we will stand firm and say, Father, even in your word, we know that you are going to provide. Even in this time of turmoil for us, you will provide. So now I understand why Jesus said that to them because they didn't understand what they're getting themselves into. They're like, Lord, they just wanted to kill you, and now you're going back. They didn't see the full picture. They didn't see what Jesus saw. And now they're trying to convince him, but Lord, are you, aren't you afraid of death? What's happening? I don't want to be stoned. And Jesus is like, just follow me. I know what I'm doing. So following and trust goes epically together. It's like peanut butter and jam, just like matching on a sandwich. Or steak and Jimmy's cheese sauce, just going together. Right? Okay? We have to trust God, but at the same time we have to be able to say, Lord, even I'm trusting you and I can't see what's happening in front of you, but I'm going to walk into this darkness because you are there. 
But sometimes we're like, I'm going to trust God, but Lord, this looks a bit scary. So I'm going to go the other way. You come with me. And what happens? We're not as successful as we want to be. We don't understand the results that we're getting because we're trying to control what God is putting us through. Does it make sense? Okay. And then the third one, and this is really amazing, is God wants to set, up, set us up for a greater miracle. So Lazarus died. Everyone is in turmoil. Lord, what is happening? Lord, how can I just say goodbye to my brother? You should have been here. You should have saved him. You should have healed him in some kind of way. Lord, I don't understand. But a greater miracle, it's being set up perfectly. Lazarus had to die for me to come and show all the people around here who God is. Lazarus had to die in order for the Jews that say, Lord, I know who you are, to know even more who he is. Because we see, if we read a bit further, we see that Martha and Mary doesn't really understand who Jesus is. They know the miracles. They know that he does things like open people's eyes who are blind. And they know that he is the person that gives amazing speeches and teachings. But they don't understand the heart of God. And that's why, that's where most of us are this morning. We know the name Jesus. We know He was raised from the dead. We know that He gave His life so that we can have life. We know this. We don't believe this. Like the song we sang this morning was so powerful. All who are thirsty, all who are weak, bring your hearts. And everyone, all of us sings it. And then I ask myself, but do I believe this? Can I bring my heart? Can I dip it in the streams of life? Is there going to be a difference? And then the Lord is like, of course there's going to be a difference. I am the life. But how many times do we miss out on a greater miracle because we're too afraid to embrace the current turmoil? Because the current turmoil is we're looking at all these circumstances and it just everything's look everything looks chaos. Like Lord, I don't know how to rebuild this. But in between all of that chaos, God has something so special planned. God is setting us up for the miracle that we cannot even fathom. But we miss out on it because we're so focused on what's happening around us and we're not focused on what God is saying. We're so focused about this person hurt me, or that person hurt me, or 
that happened, or my brother is severely ill. We're so focused on the illness or on the circumstances, we rarely go back and say, Lord, what is your plan for this? Is this just a random coincidence? Or do you have something greater planned for me? What is the greater miracle in all of this? And I want to, ask, I want to encourage you. Please go and see God's face, even in the midst of storms. Because even in the midst of the storm, God is setting us up for a miracle. Make sense? But what, what really, what really stu- like baffled my mind was the irony of all this. That Jesus gave his life Jesus gave Lazarus life by giving up his own life. If we read at the end of chapter 11, it says that many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary, had seen what he did, believed in him, but some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs miracles, many miracles. If we let him go like this, everyone believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was the high priest, who was the high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people and not that the whole nation should perish. So why would he do that? Why would Jesus go and give Lazarus life knowing fully that that is the start of his own death? And that brings us back to the relationship Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And he knew that even though he'll give them, he'll give them their brother back by giving Lazarus life. He'll give them an even greater miracle by giving his own life. So that not, not only them may be loved, but that we, as we're sitting here today, may be loved. be loved to the extent that God would really give his own life so that we can have life. Now, we all know Tom, Thomas, but we all know him as Doubting Thomas, right? But today I want to give you a different perspective of him. Because if you look in verse 16, it says, Thomas called the two and said to the disciples, let us also go so that we may die with him. So now I want to call him loyal Thomas. Because even to the point of death, even to the point that he didn't understand what was waiting for him in Jerusalem, he said, come on guys, let's go so that we may die with Jesus today. I don't know what it means, I don't know how it looks, I don't know how this is going to play out, but come, let us die with him. Because I trust Jesus. I know He won't just lead us into a place of death. But we will rise with Him. 
So my, my question to you guys, and I want to ask the band to come back up again. My question to you guys are, do we trust God fully? And are we willing to follow Him even to the point of death? Are we willing to follow Him into circumstances that we cannot even understand completely? Are we willing to say, Lord, I don't know what's happening around me, but I know you love me and I know that in this you are going to bring out greater faith. You're going to bring out a greater miracle and your glory is going to be revealed in levels that we cannot even understand. Are we going to be the Thomas? loyal Thomas that follows God even into a village that he knew that the Jews wanted to stone, not just Jesus but the whole group of them. Let's just get these people out of our lives because they're making trouble for us and our religious temple is not standing so well anymore. Are we going to lay down our idols And say that, Lord, I know that if something gets taken away, it's for the greater good. Lord, if my car breaks this month, Lord, how can I minister to the people at the mechanic? Lord, how can I minister to the people that are walking past while I'm waiting for my car to be fixed? Father, what, is, what are you saying in all of this? Oh, Father God, thank you, Lord. I can really... Oh, Lord, just come proclaim your goodness to you this morning, Father God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that during the next week, Lord, and yeah, during what's happening in our lives, Father God, that we would open our eyes, Father God, to see what you are saying, to see how you're going to reveal yourself, Lord, to see how the Son of God may be revealed through everything that's happening, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for your presence here. And I pray, Lord, that you would really bless your people, Lord, that you would bless them, Lord, and everything that they're doing throughout this week, Father God. Yeah, Lord, please protect them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.